the game is over. The New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. Can't wait. You're listening to the official Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. Good evening and welcome to Inside the Jets. Eric Allen and Park Scott here at Vanderbilt. The word is out, so come down to the Wyndham Hamilton Park here in Florham Park, New Jersey. We have an excellent show in store for you tonight. It's Linebacker University because Darren Lee is here. Linebacker and, you, baby. And so is Jordan Jenkins as well. And we've got our linebacker up here. That is the mad backer. Bart Todd Bowles said the Jets have to do develop a killer instinct after squandering a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter against the Miami Dolphins. When a head coach says killer instinct, well, what goes through your mind? Well, we're going to get into all that, but how can you sit here so calm? Did you just see the panic? We, for everybody out here, it was, we were like ducks, right? We were calm on the surface, but our feet was flapping. We couldn't hear anything. Ten no. seconds before the show, we couldn't hear anything. Guess what it was, no. ladies and gentlemen? It, it, it wasn't a breaker. It wasn't a transformer. They forgot to plug it in. Wow. They can happen wow. to anybody. That, I, that ITT Tech education came in, man, you, right you, there. You know, but any time I hear Brittany's voice back at ESPN. I was nervous. I, was I, I know we're in good shape. And okay. by the way, have you been tape, uh, taking care of Brittany with the coffees? Yeah, let me tell you something, man. Brittany, Brittany hit me with the uh, banana in the tailpipe, the pump fake. You know, yeah. So I'm, I'm texting her on the way to the show, and I'm like, hey, because uh, you know, I lost a bet. I owe her coffee for everybody that didn't know. You know we had a bet that Chris Canty would come in to work. Six minutes late, he came in uh, seven minutes late, so I lost the bet. You know, so I owe her, um, I think, pumpkin magala. Yeah, I don't speak coffee. I don't speak Starbucks. Something but, with pumpkin yeah, spice. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, something with pumpkin spice in it, so I owe her that. But then she hit me with the punk fake because I call her, and then she wasn't even in work that day. So I'm sitting up, here I am in Starbucks in line, about to jeopardize my, you know, my job, and she's not even there. I come in with hot coffee. She's not even there to drink it. So thanks a lot, Brittany. Brittany. Sorry about that, Bart. It's all good. <laughs> I mean, come on now. The banana in the tailpipe. But it wasn't no good. It but I'll tell you what. She's got good taste if she's going for the pumpkin spice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, you it's, it's good to have good taste with somebody else's money. I'm balling on a budget, man. I ain't making that money like these boys right here no more. Oh, yeah? <laughs> this, is, this, this, this is what I, I, I miss most about playing in the NFL. I never, had to, I never had to buy Christmas presents, right? Right. I never had to buy myself any gym shoes because we all had a Nike deal, and these guys come here swagged out in Nike, you know what I mean, because it's free 99, and I'm sitting here having to go to Foot Locker, wait in line for some Jordans. Oh, so, so late in your career, when you had that lucrative deal, I mean, how much was that stipend so you could take care of those Christmas gifts? Well, I wasn't a quarterback, so mine was like 50. You weren't? Yeah, yeah. Mine was like, well... I could have qualified for No, I ain't even going to go there. No shots fired on Sanchez. Um, <laughs> you got to take it easy. On well, well, well you know go. what? I, I think mine's like 50000 You know, Darren's a first-round draft pick from Ohio State, so he probably took a pay cut to come to the NFL. <laughs> so, you know, his contract's probably about two twenty five five hundred. dollars You can't even I, spend, you can't spend that. And the thing is, if you don't spend it before the end of the season – then it rolls over. So it's like, it's, it doesn't roll over. So you lose it. So you find yourself just buying, everybody in the family is decked out in, uh, in Nike gear, which I'm sure everybody in your family is decked out in Nike gear. All right, listen. So uh, Bart is, uh, Swoosh. is known for a few jokes once in a while, and uh, he takes a shot at the Ohio State University, and we'll let Darren Lee. Big game this week, too. Oh, my God, huge game. 
Uh-oh. Ohio State, Penn State. We'll talk to Darren about mm-hmm. that momentarily. But let's talk about the New York Jets. Okay. Did a lot I, was of trying, good... I was trying to avoid it. You know what I mean? It was oh, a bad no, loss. I listen, this is inside the Jets. And I true. know you want to make this barking with Bart, but it's inside the Jets. That is true. So what happened in the fourth quarter? And when the head coach says we got to d- develop a killer instinct. Well, speaking about a killer instinct, you know when you're ahead, it's just natural for you to relax, right? And you, you, you try and – and just make it to the end of the game. You try and win, but you, you don't. You're not as a, as aggressive as maybe you were early in, in the game. And what happens is the the opposing team is desperate. Yep. They have nothing to lose, so so they're doing things that maybe they wouldn't do if the game was tight. And I feel like what happens is when you give up some plays, you start getting tight, and momentum shifts. And it takes a mature squad to really understand how to weather the storm, but still be calm in the eye of the hurricane. And they have to develop that. This, was the, the, this wasn't the first time that we saw this happen with this young Jets team. No. And they're learning lessons. The first time it happened, at least that I really picked up on it, was in Jacksonville. Yep. Right? Where the game should have been over with. And what happens is you don't want to make it interesting to the, you know, at the end of the game. So you have to learn how to get a killer instinct. You have to make sure that you continue to make the team figure out, think that it's not their day. And to do that, you've got to continue to play smart. You have to make the plays that present themselves, but you can't give up big plays. You have to understand situational football. So when you talk about uh, having a killer instinct, it's about still doing the little things and not giving teams opportunity to see light and not give them a chance to seize momentum. Because momentum is crazy because when you lose it, it's hard to get it back. Listen, the Jets were playing great complimentary football for the first three quarters of that ball game. Yep. And what we saw in the fourth quarter was field position. Yes. People talk about it and hitting yards and things like that. But when you look at how the Dolphins got back into this game, their first scoring drive in the fourth quarter was 42 yards. Kenny Stills gets open on a third and seven play where the Jets have their four safety package in the game. Right. Terrence Brooks comes off the edge. Looks like he was going to get Matt Moore there for a second, but Matt Moore dials up the long ball to Stills, who gets a step on Buster Screen. And before you know it, it's early in the fourth quarter. It's 28-21. Then penalties raise their ugly heads in that fourth quarter. Um, Twelve penalties, I think, in all for the Jets, over 100 yards um, taken back. Now, what do, you, what do you do as far as Todd Bowles is concerned? Uh-huh. You're talking about a young team, learning to finish, things like that with, with the penalties. Well, it's about being disciplined, and you have to understand who you're playing and who the referees are. I'm sure Darren um, Jordan can tell you. I, I'm sure they still get the, um, the scouting report on not only the team, but the referee, Reese. Yep. Are, are, is this a staff? Is this a crew that's going to allow you to play? Or are they going to be ticky-tack? Are you going to have to be more disciplined and maybe cover more with your feet? Now, I understand it was a bad, it was a bad field surface. So what happens is if you don't really plan off the correct foot, right, if you plan off the, off the outside foot and not the inside foot, you know what I mean, what happens is, I'm sorry, I said that backwards. If you don't plan off the outside foot, then you lose your footing. So all the little things are magnified when you have a bad surface and you have to understand you have to sink your weights. You have to come, you have to come, you have to, come to balance when you want to make a big hit. You may not get that big hit. So you have to adjust um, to, the, to the crew, but also to the field surface, which, you know, the field was a the, mess the because of the University awful. of Miami. Right, but they're playing on the same field surface. No, they are. But the advantage goes to the offense, right? So Kenny Stills knew exactly where he was going. 
So you have to understand what you got going on, and sometimes the system can help you as well because you can play more of a zone and understanding formation. You know, and that, a lot of times a young team, a young defense, they don't understand formation because formation tells you, you know, what they can do, what they can't do. And, and Matt Moore, sometimes the best thing and the worst thing that ever happens is a starting quarterback get, gets hurt because you prepare for one quarterback all week, and then when he comes in, it's unexpected. You don't really know what his strengths, what his weaknesses is, who he has chemistry with, who he practices with. You know, so it wasn't surprising to me that a guy like Kenny Stills is the beneficiary of playing with Matt Moore because that's probably who he plays with in practice more. So he has a feel of where Kenny likes the ball. He can understand that nonverbal communication. You know, that's why a lot of times, you know, depending on who the quarterback is, you want to, you know, you want to you make sure that you don't drive Jay Cutler into the ground. You want to help him up. You okay? I'll sack you, but you okay, right? Because you want to keep him in the game. I, rem- I remember uh, being responsible for us being responsible for getting Ben Brothersberger uh, career started, um, sacking Tommy Maddox and putting him out the game and, like, let the young kid get the start. He almost came back. So the Jets did a lot of good things on Sunday in Miami. They raced out to another lead. They scored on two of their first three possessions. They had two takeaways. Marcus May continues to flash in that secondary with an interception. Jamal Adams. That's because he came on his show. Yeah, that's right. You can yeah. expect these guys to get AFC player, the defensive player of the week, Cole, you know, yeah. because they're going to step yeah. on this well, stage right here. So well, they're good. they Gucci. Well, I'll tell you what. Both these guys uh, played solid games. You look at J.H.I.E. We talked about it all last week. Hey, the Jets have to contain this guy because we know what the Dolphins are going to do. You look at the numbers. J.H.I.E. didn't do anything against yeah, the Jets. 20-plus carries, 50 yards. I think it was more the penalties. The penalties were in, in opportune times, and they extended drives. And it was opportunities to get off the football field. And, and, and in some instances, Buster didn't have a choice because if he didn't, you know, commit the foul, then it would have been a, a huge play. Um, but with all that being said, you know, a football game usually comes down to one or two possessions, and, you know, it, it's something to learn from. This young team is going to have to learn, you know, even situational football when you're trying to come back and it's tied up, what you can do, understanding what the defense does. You know, everybody that, that played defense, that plays defense, understands when the clock is short that they're going to take away the sideline, take away the boundaries. The middle field is always going to be open. It's going to be a lot of trap coverages. They're going to allow you to throw the ball in the middle. They're not going to allow you to throw the ball to the sideline. So you're referring to late in the game, fourth quarter, 28-28. Jets get the ball. There's 47 seconds on the clock. Three timeouts left. What's the first play? What what I tell you? What's the drive starter? Well, Bart's playing offensive coordinator. He's either going with the screen or a draw. Absolutely. And if you get 10 yards on that screen and draw, then it's on, right? We, we, we're going for it. If not, we're going to let the clock run out and we're going to go to overtime. You know, when you throw the ball back, especially when you're in the middle of the field, when you throw a deep comeback, already, you know, a football field is 53 yards wide, right? 53 yards wide. So he ran a 10-yard, 15-yard comeback. So that's 10 yards. You're talking curse. about another yep. 20 or 30 yards to throw the ball. That's like a 35-yard pass right there. You know, and that was in the, in the air a long time. They ran a trap coverage, you know, where, where they sh- tried to show that it was man-to-man or on top, man-free, cover three, press bell, whatever they tried to play it. But then they inverted the safety who took, who took away the out route and jumped it and made a big play. But it was a, it was a bad spot to have a, have a penalty. Uh, yeah, yeah, a, turn, well, not penalty, a, ter- a turnover there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the one thing. It was thi- a bad dream. Th- the one thing that I noticed that the Miami, when I was looking at the game film today, was what Miami was doing defensively late in that ball game. They were sending their safety. Yep. Oftentimes, five guys, five rushers, 
and the Jets were not able to establish uh, that rhythm in the fourth quarter that they had early in the game. The defense, again, like I mentioned, those two takeaways were in plus territory, and what the Jets did good on Sunday is they converted those takeaways with points. Right. You talk about Jamal Adams comes on a blitz from the edge. He deflects it in the air. Muhammad Wilkerson comes up with the interception. You're first and goal there late in the uh, first half. McCown gets his own number called from offensive coordinator John Morton. You take a lead 21-14. Then Marcus May intercepts Matt Moore and almost houses it. That was a nice return. They're listening. They're listening. Gets the Jets into plus territory there. And then ultimately you finish the drive with Josh McCown's third touchdown pass of the day to Austin Safarian Jenkins, who now, let me give you a little stat for you right now. You got some nuggets for me? A fantasy duel, fantasy analysis brought to you by FanDuel, of course. Have all the fantasy that football has to offer. Listen up, folks, if you need a tight end. How about Austin Safarian Jenkins? Man, that, that was a seamless drop right the, there. Three, man. That, th- three, man, that was seamless. Three was touchdowns in the last three games, and it should be four, but we're not going to go back because the Jets are looking ahead. Atlanta's coming to town this week. That was smooth, man. Yeah? That was really smooth. Yeah, you like that? Well, they, May, maybe get me some coffee? Yeah, that was, that was as smooth as Jordan's uh, waves, man. I used to have waves like that in 96, bro. Okay. Well, you're, da- you're dating yourself right now. Now every day I wake up, it's a blessing that, it's, that, I, that I don't touch my scalp. <laughs> uh, we're going to come right back here on Inside the Jets with Darren Lee. Welcome back to Inside yeah. the Jets here at Vanderbilt. We got company. Yes, we do. Our player guest segment is presented by MT Bank, the official community bank of your New York Jets. They aforementioned Darren Lee has now joined us. Yeah, thank you. Darren, you were all over the field against Miami. 11 tackles in all. The stats say 23, 25 carries for the Dolphins yesterday, 53 yards. You guys emphasized stopping the run, and you were really effective doing that. Uh, what do you credit that success to? Uh, obviously got to credit the D-line up front, um, obviously. Um, Smart man. Just... <laughs> Um, you know, we were all we were clicking uh, on full cylinders on that. We came in trying to execute the part of our game plan. Um, that's at the top of the game plan is to stop the run. Uh, we knew that was the main part of their offense, um, try to make them one-dimensional. Uh, so uh, I felt that we executed that well. A lot of credit goes to D-Line. Well, how about the uh, chemistry it seems that you and DeMario are starting to develop? Because it looked at and watching the film, me breaking the film down early in the season, it didn't look like you guys were on that string. And what people don't understand how important it is for you guys to be on that string because a lot of times it's loud out there. You really can't communicate. So you have to have that nonverbal communication and being able to anticipate what your partner next year you're going to do because if he spills, you got to scrape over. If he squeezes, you got to go underneath. You know, you guys have to be on a string. How is that development coming? Hold on, hold on. My mom's watching right now on Facebook. Okay? What up, mom, dude? So you got to explain some of these football terms <laughs> when you start going. Yeah, I want you talking football axes and all. Okay. But, you know, give me a couple of definitions. My here. bad. I went straight to the graduate course. Let me go down to football 101. So when I talk about spilling, that means taking the blocker on in its inside shoulder. You seal the inside gap with your body trying to push him back and make him bubble out. So that makes the runner have to bounce the ball. So if your backside linebacker is going to be inside out, of the ball carrier, he can scrape over the top, understanding that the runner isn't going to be able to gain any ground because he's running laterally, not vertically. So you get over the top, hit him in the ear hole, you know, tell him about himself and try and get the ball up out of that thing. <laughs> exactly. On the flip side, 
you know, if you get the out block and the down block and say a fullback comes and you take him with your outside shoulder free, you're pretty much taking the inside gap with his body and the outside gap with your body. But what that means now is your backside linebacker isn't going to scrape over the top. He's inside out knowing that the runner's going to have to cut the ball inside and then you hit him with the night-night kiss. I, lo- I love it. <laughs> love you, but I got to do you. <laughs> so, D, talk about that. Uh, that uh, with yeah, tomorrow. so... Um, I'd say the chemistry with me and uh, call him Double D. I mean, you call him Demario. But, uh, I, I, I call him Morris Chestnut like a fake Morris Chestnut. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, good. Oh, oh he's going to hear about that one. Oh, he's heard it his whole oh, career. Yeah, he so know what it is. Got you. So I think the chemistry with that um, definitely will come with just um, playing fast and just playing fast and having to trust with each other. Um, we talk a lot in the film room, um, just communicating simple things. And we make, I guess, certain checks that he would see, the subtle checks you see out there on the field. We make those kind of in the film room, so it's just kind of innate. We go out and practice them. Um, so I think that and then just, just playing fast. So it's like, you know, if he sees something, he plays fast, I'll make him right. Um, just having that type of trust uh, definitely, uh, definitely, you know, resembles out there on the field. How much of it is verbal communication and how much of it is maybe signals uh, that you guys are doing pre-snap? Uh, you know, verbal communication, uh, yeah, but it's definitely just uh, formation yeah. recognition. Uh, me and him, we, we see things formation-wise, um, so we aren't even kind of like it's automatic to be able to call and what check to get to. Um, so just how we go over that, it all starts in the film room, honestly. Um, we just build that connection there and then go out and practice it, and then you see it out there on Sunday. About 13 years ago, I was considered a um, cover linebacker as well. How oh, are you? Really? How, yeah, oh, really? yeah, yeah. Back in the day, when we wore leather helmets. You know, how 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 are you adjusting <laughs> to the rules um, in the NFL as they continue to change with just how little physicality there is, and you know, you can't you can't touch them after five yards, but then they're bigger than you. They're pushing off. They're leaning from leverage. How are you adjusting, and how frustrating is it? You know, when you have to go against a guy like Gronk, and he's pushing off. He's you know pushing your hips away. He's leaning into you. Uh, and he's getting the benefit of the doubt. How frustrating can that be, and, and how is it going as far as your development? Well, you seem to know it's frustrating, so I think <laughs> yeah. you kind of Yeah, I just want to get you to say, they paid me to like, ask you tough questions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's difficult, but, I mean, that's where uh, preparation goes into. Um, if he goes out there and allows you to execute and allows you to play fast and um, not guess, just more anticipate. Um, and being able to anticipate those ter- certain type of routes and given on the formations that you get, uh, allows you to play fast and, uh, you know, maybe uh, get an interception or a takeaway. This is a serious question for both of you. Your first NFL sack came in week one against the Buffalo Bills. You got a sack in the first half. Oh, you that, call it a sack. Thank you. Yeah, I do. I, I do call it a sack. Because oh, when was, it a, was it a scramble out the box? No. I don't know. They call it rough in the past. Oh, oh, you you didn't you didn't review that yet? No, I didn't. I, okay. I didn't get that. I can't watch every play, man. I got kids. <laughs> All right, so D Lee gets a sack in the first half. When you guys are reviewing that, and everybody at home knows what I'm talking about, is there anything you can do differently? That's a serious question. If I were to do anything differently, it would basically make me play slower, and that's not allowed. So no, right? I can't do anything different. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that, I'm, that, I'm, no, first of all, I'm lost. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. You guys talk. You talk about me explaining, <laughs> spill the ball, squeeze the ball, but you're just gonna talk right over my head like that. Like I don't count. Like okay. I don't matter. Oh, Words hurt okay. uh, slow, slow down here. Okay. Darren Lee okay. came out of blitz yesterday. Okay. He took down Jay Cutler behind the line of scrimmage. Okay. I think I was eating, get going to get nachos. And, and, and that was a sack. But unfortunately, we saw a piece of laundry go yeah. up in the air. And uh, they rule 
What, targeting or helmet to helmet contact? Uh, roughly the passer, R- I guess. R- and this is the college targeting? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah <laughs> you're right. You're right. But I, I get so confused nowadays yeah. because I'm watching that and I'm saying, well, it's, it's, there's no way that's a foul. Well, it's a dilemma, right? Because what happens is for people out there that don't understand, you know, the target is struck uh, stricken. Stricken? Strucken? Man. I, got, I, got, I promise you guys, I promise you guys I have an associate's degree in uh, universal studies. I promise you. Um, but I, I believe it's right underneath the chin. Right. To the, about the waistband, because if you hit him anywhere in the thigh board or even a little lower, it's going to be called, you know, that's the Tom Brady rule. You can't hit him low. So it's tough for you as a defender because if you hit him in the midsection, you know, your body, if you're not going to get the uh, helmet-to-helmet contact, you're going to get the driving with your body weight, which is a, to me is the dumbest Call ever. Like. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to make this in, 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 you know, a, a big thing about the officials. I just, it's a serious question when you're watching this on, on film and I'm looking at it and I'm saying, I, I, I don't know how we're, we're seeing this as a penalty here. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. How, how, how quickly do <laughs> you turn the page now to Atlanta? Because the guys who spoke to the media today said, we have a 24 hour rule win or lose, we got to put it behind us no matter what happens. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, aside, you know, that question right there for the game, it's uh, behind us. You know, we watched the film, got our corrections, so uh, now we're focused on Atlanta. Um, and basically focusing on finishing. Uh, we're going to emphasize that for sure um, and try to get the job done on Sunday. What have you guys learned from being from Jacksonville to Miami? So when, this, when you get in another tight game, what's some things that you guys have to do? What are some things that you can't do uh, to secure victory so that, you know, because when you're in a tight game – Nine times of ten, you, you win half of them. You're about fifty percent. So the key is not being in those tight games. What have you guys learned as a group collectively? Uh, as a group collectively, we have to continue to you know come out with that same intensity that we have in say the first half. Uh, we got to play to win the game, not play not to lose or play scared. Um, and then you, you know when you see that, uh, you see those simple mistakes and those they start to pile up. And it's just as a young team, and you saw it. We saw them on the film. Um, you know we corrected those, and now we just got to keep attacking and stay in attack mentality. Um, and both sides of the ball were aware of that. What do you think about Mo Wilkerson yesterday? I thought it was his best game of the season, not just because of the interception. He made a hell of a play on a screen to Jay Ajayi, a third and 18, where it looked like Ajayi was definitely going to get the first down, and Mo came out of nowhere showing his athleticism. Yeah, I, I saw that on film, and I was you know, just amazed. You know, a big fella can run and get down the field. Um, but, you know, that's why, you know, that's why he's here. He's a heck of a playmaker. Uh, you know, he's a leader, and that's what leaders do. On top of that, it was his birthday. Yeah, so, right. So, you know, you know birthday, uh, birthday games, hey, go and uh, go out and ball out. Listen. <laughs> no, no, I'll do that. I, I did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> he loves his little pause there. Hey, um, you know, one thing that I, I find very interesting right now is I, I really like the combination with you and DeMario, especially heading forward, because when DeMario was drafted, a lot of people were just saying that, hey, maybe he's going to be the athletic speed guy. And yeah. he does have good athleticism, and he, and he is fast. But, but now, Stiff as a board, but it's okay. But, yeah. but, but now, pairing up with D. Lee, he's playing more of that thumper role, right. and, and, and Darren is covering the well, field. How, how do their attributes match up and potentially give this duo, you know, uh, it, uh, yeah. uh, well, an opportunity for long-term success. Well, we all, we all assume roles, right? So, you know, when, when DeMario came in, he was my backup. He was brought in to be like the uh, cover linebacker come in in, in some of our speed packages. Darren came in the same way. And we assume roles in football, right? We all assume roles where 
uh, DeMario was known for running and being an athletic guy, but now that's not the role he has. Now now he has to be the thumper. And um, I think early in the season, the first couple games, he, he struggled with it. I think now he's accepting his role, and I think he's flourishing. I think he's playing probably you know, top five linebacker in this league right now. But what it gives you, it gives you scheme versatility. When you have two guys that can run on the football field, now when the defense wants to go in and get their scouting report, they're going to label you. They're, they're going to say you're this type of linebacker, and he's that type of linebacker. But what happens is now Ty Bowles has the ability to, 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 to play the uh, bait and switch. Right where one of these guys are, are usually better in switching. Both of them can blitz. Both of them can cover the, the line, the, the tight end, so they can't assume where the coverage is coming from so you can play that game. How noticeable is it for you as a player out there, the speed difference from year to year, considering uh, last season, the unit, what you guys have going right now? Just with the guys that we have on yeah. defense? Yeah. I mean, playing very fast. Um, and, you know, I think that's building the chemistry as a whole as defense. You know, as Jordan, same thing. You know, we're all just playing fast because, you know, we're all trying to get to the ball, try to make that play, and, but we're doing our job and executing. Um, as a comparison to last year, I mean, to me, night and day. Yeah. Uh, we look a lot faster out there, especially on film. Um, and that's good. You know, I think our coaches are putting us in great positions to enable us to play fast. Um, and then we got a bunch of fast guys out there, too. It's the game slowing down for you now where you can be more instinctual and not thinking about where you need to be, worrying about your proper steps, making sure you don't fall step and things like that. How has just having a year under your belt, two years in the system, helped you become a better football player this year? Uh, definitely, you know, had its, you know, growing pains. Um, still a little bit here and there. But uh, definitely Demario has helped with that tremendously because, you know, he's played in this before. Um, but, you know, he's brought helping an aspect and just a little subtle clues that help me play, play faster. Um, and I, you know, give huge credit to him. He didn't, he didn't tell you the wheelbarrow story, did he? he, did he no, didn't no, okay. no, he hadn't had shared any stories. If, said, if he says the wheelbarrow story, just walk out the room. Don't even let him finish. I'm not, well, now, now you, <laughs> you're an old state guy. Old state got a big game this week. I think I uh, heard about it, right? Ohio State, Penn uh, State. Yeah. Ohio, Penn State. Yeah. Now, you're, you're, you're not a Nike guy, but you got Nike gear on, but you don't have a shoe contract? No, no, no. Have you potentially thought about, I hear Big Baller Brand's going to come out with some juice? Oh, come on. I'm just saying, man. How are you trying to be Big Baller? Have you thought about being picked up by Big Baller Brand? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) First of all, shout out to Big Baller Brand, man. See, I got inside information, man. You don't really know. I got got inside. You know, for sure. Uh, but no, nah, nothing, nothing yet. But uh, not in the works. Not, not, not okay. No big yet. baller brand cleats coming. They shout probably out, weigh like twenty pounds a piece. Shout out to big baller brand. Th- thanks for being a good sport, Darren Lee. We're gonna come right back with one of your fellow linebackers, of course, on the New York Jets. That's Jordan Jenkins. All right. Listen, uh, we're back here on Inside the Jets, and we're probably gonna have a raffle for another co-host here in a moment because uh, Bart is really taking. Uh, his discipline problems to a new level out here tonight. <laughs> I can't believe it. And we are joined right now by Jordan Jenkins. Bart, he is representing the state of Georgia. Listen, this is airing on there Facebook and NewYorkChess.com and later on ESPN Radio. Quick, but quick who, who finishes rain higher, Georgia or Ohio State? Oh, them dogs. I them dogs going to be on top. Now, now, I, I, I well, I want to say famously, I, I, I put my Ferrari up against the Bentley, right, for you guys winning a certain amount of games. What are you guys willing to bet oh, his that, that Georgia Xbox. finishes higher than Ohio State? You got to keep this Xbox. clean. The I'm new Xbox? Bet my Xbox and his Xbox. 
Okay, so you guys uh, Xbox? Y'all are millionaires. You talking about the Xbox? Xbox <laughs> costs five hundred dollars. That still ain't cheap. Oh man, <laughs> what Xbox? What Xbox are you, uh, games? It, it are you ain't playing? even the three sixty. Oh, you know, two K, two K, Destiny, Call of Duty. Uh, play a little bit of uh, Dragon Age. I mix it up a little bit. Who's your team? Two K. Uh, I play with the Warriors because everyone plays with the Cavs. Uh, well, yeah, D Lee definitely plays with the Cavs. Oh Fuck. yeah, that, he's a. a, a but a, I mean. Look. Real big cat. He got on Cavalier. He got a Cavalier colors on now. But but no front runner. Nobody can play oh, yeah. like that's all Ohio State is front runners. Okay, C or T pops or anything like. You want to come back on the mic, son? I mean, we got to bring everybody up. Here. I mean, these guys are going back and forth right now. They're supposed to be, you know, tight. That's part a, of the same draft class. That's a little look into what the locker room is all about. All right, so, so Jordan. Uh, we're not going to bury the lead. Let's talk about the hit on uh, Cutler. You, you got in there. Let's just talk about the rush first because this guy hasn't done all his film study yet, so uh, <laughs> I might be looking for a new co-host here in a couple what, what, months. What, what, was, it a, was it a long-arm stab? Was it a slap rip? What was it? It was a bull rush. It was a straight bull rush. Stutter, straight bull rush. Stutter bull, yeah. stutter bull or just straight bull? Straight bull off the snap. Nice. Yeah. Helmet, into, helmet into his jaw. Did you know right away that he was hurting? Uh, I I knew I hit him pretty hard, and I tried right. to drive him in the ground a little bit, you know, make sure. I, I, I hope you don't get that envelope, that FedEx, that FedEx. Oh, no, that was perfectly legal. No, just, so just, so, just so you guys Listen, know. Listen, we're not getting anybody in trouble okay. out here tonight. <laughs> just, just so you guys know. Like, you never know that you got fined until you, oh, yeah. until you come in Wednesday after your day off. And if it's a FedEx envelope on your, on your, on your, on your, on your, on your stool, <laughs> yeah. you already know. And how many fines did you get in your playing career? Well, the worst one I got is when I threw the referee's flag in the stands. I think that one cost me about 40. Huh. Well, kids looked that up. Of course, that was a Monday night football game. Against who? The Monday night football the, too? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, worse. then I tried to fight the ref. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a bad day. It, it, the Baltimore Ravens versus the New England Patriots. Yeah. Uh, a Patri- no song what a, not to do. A, yeah, pa- yeah. a Patriots team who finished on They, they didn't know year. what to do. They, they was like, listen, it's never been done before. We don't even know how to levy the – we don't even know where, where to start. <laughs> so, I, was like, I was like, I'm glad I could be your first. Can you imagine this guy picking up yellow and just tossing it everywhere? Oh, that's bold. Yeah. I mean, that's probably where Travis Kelsey got it from last but, year. But you know what? My street cred went up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm good in the hood. All right. All right. Jordan. <laughs> Um, talk about the success you guys had against the run because you are a key performer in this run defense because you are the guy on the strong side setting that edge. I mean, it was something we really uh, harped on all uh, last week because we knew we weren't really performing as well as we should have throughout this whole season against the run. We like to be known as just a, a run-stopping defense, and Frankly, we just hadn't been getting it done all season, so we really wanted to work on making sure everyone had the right fits and just making sure everybody was just knew they had to be physical this game if we wanted to come out on top. What happened in the fourth quarter? Uh, you know, uh, this is the last time you're going to have to talk about it um, from us anyway here on Monday night. You might have to face a couple questions on uh, Wednesday. From a defensive perspective, though, with a 28-14 lead, I know each man in that locker room thinks that you guys should be walking away with a victory. So from a defensive perspective, what do you think happened? Uh, we just had a – we weren't uh, we weren't completely focused. I mean, uh, if we were dialed in, we wouldn't have had some of the penalties we had and we wouldn't have put ourselves in situations where you might get a penalty. There's a time where we had a, uh, one of our guys had the edge set, but it was a soft edge, so the guy, the runner could still 
run outside and we put some of our line, uh, linebackers and DBs in a the position they really shouldn't have ever had to be in if we would have had a harder edge set from the get-go. Now, did the heat start to play uh, a factor late in the game? I, I, it was reported that it was, what, 92 degrees. The field was bad. It wasn't 92. It was like yeah, 85. I mean, it, wasn't, it wasn't too hot, but there definitely probably was some uh, wear and tear on some of the guys out there. But, I mean, it's, it, I mean that goes for both teams. So, we should have uh, been able to play through that adversity. So positives, you guys always look at the film on Mondays. What did you see from your perspective as far as looking at it from a view of 60 minutes of defensive mm-hmm. football? Uh, I saw uh, a lot of guys giving it their all, a lot of guys really playing really good football, and, but at times. And other times I saw guys playing undisciplined football and playing individual football. And as a defense, we really just have to work, we have to work more towards being more consistent and eliminating some of the selfish play and just really coming together more as a defense and just eliminating some of the uh, immature errors we had in the fourth quarter. When you say selfish play, immature play, do you mean that guys might be overextending themselves in an effort to make the play instead of maybe taking care of their own role and responsibility? Like I know my job is to set the edge, make sure the ball doesn't get outside. If I peek inside – trying to make a play, ball bounces out, they hit us for 15 yards, that's my fault. And that, that was because I, uh, I tried to make a play that wasn't mine to make in the defense. You got to know your role, and you have to perform well at that role. So Bart talked before about preparation going into a game. You guys are looking at a lot of film at Jay Cutler. Mm-hmm. Now, when Matt Moore comes in, what happens <clears throat> from a defensive perspective with you guys on the sidelines when you're huddling up and you're saying, hey, here's a new quarterback? Because a lot of teams sometimes say, system, we're going to approach it the same way. But is there anything as far as keys you can talk about when a new guy comes well, in? Well, I guess what we were really trying to get to, how did their game plan change once Matt Moore came in the game? Was it more of a quick passing game? Was it more shots down the field? What changed when Matt Moore yep. came into the game? I felt like when, when Matt got in, into the game, they really just tried they tried to do anything. They, they, tried to, they got desperate and tried to do anything they could in their playbook to get things going. Cause they got, they got away, this, away from some of the stuff they would do with Cutler in. And, uh, I mean, they, they hit us once or twice, but uh, we really shot ourselves in the foot and allowed them to keep going down the field with some of those penalties. What has it been like for you this year working under Kevin Green? Guy has more sacks <laughs> that any linebacker in the history of the National Football League, and he's coaching up outside linebackers this year. Uh, I mean, working with Kevin Green is, is just uh, such an honor. I mean, uh, people, we really don't even realize it, and we probably won't realize it until we're done playing ball that this was such a great honor to uh, work under KG because, I mean, you look back and film, and he's KG an was destroying people. Like yeah. K, he destroyed tackles that are probably 340, and back in the day, KG was only about maybe – 230, 240, and he, he just was a dominant outside linebacker that knew how to get after the quarterback, that knew how to set the edge. And it's, uh, there's, there's some learning curves that we have to go through, and uh, it, it, uh, it, it, all I can say is I'm glad we got KG, and it's going to work better for our future. I, I know this guy yeah. liked him because uh, not only was – He was one of my favorites. A ferocious player, but he also participated in some wrestling like this guy. <laughs> but I tell oh, you what, my yeah, Lord. Yeah, yeah. That, that is true. I got tapped out by Kurt Angle. It wasn't my finest moment, but it's okay. You lost I, I, Angle? I, yeah. I, I lived you, to fight another day. And Yo. Jordan is a big wrestling fan. <laughs> Are you? Oh, yeah. I, hate I used to hate Kurt Angle back in the day. I saw he came back, and I was okay. like, nah. Well, you got, you got to get – John Cena, baby. You got you to give me your top five. Give me your top five. Let's see. Top five all time. All time? All time. All time. Uh, 
I got to throw Chris Jericho in there. Oh, he's so young. Got to throw Chris Jericho. Okay. I'm with the young guys, my favorite. John Cena is one of my favorites. Okay. The Rock. That's nothing but Marky what? Mark. Chris Jericho. Booker T. Okay. Booker T. And the Hardy Brothers. They count as one. Hardy Brothers. Okay. You want to hear my top five? No, not really. But, yeah, go ahead. I, I do want to hear. <laughs> it depends on how you want to go. You can go um, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. You can go Ravishing Rick Rude. Oh, that's way better. I got to go Hawk and Animal because Ohio State's in the house, the Road Warriors, right? And you got to go with Hawk Hogan because he revolutionized the sport. Uh, he took it global. It's kind of like Muhammad Ali taking Not that he was the best because he was limited. He only had like three or four moves. Yeah, but if I can go back, I could probably go also uh, Ric Flair. You I was go, just going to say, you got to go nature boy. You know what I mean? You know how many times I got in Woo. trouble by putting my nephew in the finger four leg lock? You know, I got kicked out of my grandma's house every week for that. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. You guys are forgetting about Roddy. Yeah, Roddy Piper. Well, Roddy, 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 Roddy Piper. Well, Piper's, Piper's pit. pit was real. Piper's you know, you pit can, was You can go George Animal still. That was the Best show around. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, you know what I mean? Oh. But everybody around here, Tito Santana lives in Dover, so you got to go Tito Santana. Okay. So, uh, let's get back to football just for a moment. Okay, um, okay. I get excited when Inside you talk about the Jets, Eric Did Allen, you? Bart Scott here at Vanderbilt, and Jordan Jenkins. Got to sell some tickets. I'll tell you what. Um, you are a Georgia native. Yes, You're sir. playing Atlanta this week. Yeah. Did you grow up a fan of the Falcons? Uh, I actually didn't because I nope. spent so much time moving around as a military brat. <laughs> Guy's doing a dirty bird dance up here. You but, can't uh, see that on radio. <laughs> but, you know, uh, growing up in, uh, in Georgia, every, everybody was a Falcons fan. All my homeboys back home have been sending me texts all yesterday. How many all, tickets you got to get? Hmm? We're playing up here. Oh, tickets. Oh, oh, I, 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 I got no scouting report, man. Right now, probably about 15 <laughs> tickets so far. But, oh, people uh, are coming up. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you You're know, covered. They want to get Georgia travels now. Georgia travels, but uh, I mean, it, this is a big game for me. You know, uh, I mean, Falcons is like that's a team everybody loved growing up. That's a team everybody cheered for. Everyone's like, oh, we got to go to the Falcons game this Sunday. Oh, we got to go to Falcons this. Everything is Falcons fans back home, and I mean, this it, is a big week for me, and uh, it's definitely going to try. I'm going to try and play my hardest out there and uh, try and play bats to the wall. I'm, I'm trying to play 100 miles an hour. Well, well, just from the outside looking in, you know. This week, talk about setting that edge. It's going to be vital this week as uh, Devontae Freeman and Coleman are one of the most dynamic duels in the game. They are. Uh, listen, that's a prolific tandem, but right now that's an offense trying to find its way. And they're relying on Matty Ice a lot, and they've lost three consecutive games. They've lost to every team in the AFC, right. so maybe the right. Jets can make it four. But, so with that being said, you know they're going to come in trying to get back on track. How exactly. do you guys walk out of MetLife Stadium with a victory? What do you guys have to do? And how can last week help you win this week? Uh, I mean, first, first and foremost, we have to be ready to be physical. Uh, we know it's going to be a physical battle up front, and we have to make sure we win that. And also we have to eliminate on the mental areas and eliminate the eliminate the penalties we had last week because this uh we, we got away with it once or twice uh throughout the season and this game really showed us that we have to get better now if we want to get wins in the future what is Todd Bowles doing in a practice as far as eliminating the penalties uh are concerned because he talked about that today this is not something that he's just going to emphasize right now he's been stressing throughout yeah. the year yeah I mean gassers are uh definitely Whoa. on uh on, on one of the punishments for uh jumping offside and getting, getting some of the penalties. And uh, honestly, they're probably going to get harsher and harsher if uh, we keep letting keep getting as many penalties as we had uh, last game. Was it a fine line between playing aggressive and under control and, 
you know, still trying to be aggressive at the same time? How do you find that balance? Uh, I mean, it's, it's a hard one to find. Uh, me as a younger player and uh, Darren as well, we're still trying to find, find that line. And uh, it's, uh, it's a tricky one because you really want to just go flying in 1,000 miles per hour and just try and level somebody when you get the chance. But in this day and age, you can't do that all the time. And you have to find a way to be safe while you're doing it. Well, Jordan, uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And uh, good luck this weekend, of course. And we'll come right back here on Inside the Jets and preview the Jets in the lineup all All right, we're back at Vanderbilt's for our final segment here on Inside the Jets. Eric Allen along with Bart Scott. I told you I was going to find a new co-host, and indeed I did. Brielle McKnight has now joined us on set. I'm so refreshed. I'll tell you what. Brielle has been following Inside the Jets loyally for three, four years every week. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. All right. Super Great ratings just went up. Superstar in the making. Let me tell you something. The trip of the game is brought to you by Antigua and Bermuda. The beach is just the beginning, Bart. And I'll tell you, the trip of the game for the Jets yesterday was John Morton having the Jets offense firing on all cylinders after they got the ball at the kickoff. Uh, they actually won the coin toss, and usually... Typically, they defer, defer yeah. but they took the ball down. Beautiful play call. Screen to Bilal Powell, 31 yards. They culminate that possession with a scoring pass. I believe Josh McCown checked out, and he got one-on-one coverage with Jermaine Curse on a Dolphins cornerback on the outside. Boom, bang, touchdown. Uh, so the Jets got out in front, 7 nothing. It would be great if they can do that again this week against Atlanta. It's important as well because you, you want to get ahead and let this defense play from ahead so then they can be aggressive as well. And it also gets the other team out of their game plan. You know, you talk about taking the, taking the ball. Usually teams defer because they want to have the choice depending on how the game goes. But you talk about making sure that you have good field position and also being able to come out on your 15-play script and come out with a different place where you can set everything up for the rest of the game. You talk about setting up different personnel, different groupings and all those things. What do you think about that? Yeah, what do you think? I think it's pretty good. Yeah, what do you think about the personnel groupings Johnny Morton's been implementing here in the first year as Jets you, offensive coordinator? You think he's been doing a good job? Yes, but my favorite player is Demario Davis. Okay. Uh, Demar- my now, why is Demario your favorite player? I met him when I was little, super nice, and he's been playing really good this season. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what, great analysis there by Brielle McKnight and Demario Davis, of course, one of your former teammates. You've yeah, known him. You used to have to get my donuts. Yep, because Bart makes sure that the beginners get donuts. So maybe next week, Brielle will bring donuts. Um, Inside the Jets is supported by Selective Insurance. Response is everything. Muhammad Wilkerson, on his 28th birthday, had a tremendous response because a lot of critics have been saying, hey, where's Mo Ben? And he showed up in a big way. We talked to Darren Lee about that. He gets down the field. Tremendous effort play against Jayajayi. And then, again, beneficiary of a Jamal Adams deflection, and, and he comes up with an interception. Well, you, you get that when you play hard, and sometimes in football the numbers lie. And, you know, you talk about pressures. That's not a stat that people really keep. You talk about being able to hold double teams, setting the edge, making the runners bounce. Those are all stats, you know, and it depends on the system. Some systems are set up for, for, for the defensive tackles to make plays. Some are set up for the linebackers to run. He's doing his job allowing. You talk about, you know, uh, Demario Davis. You talk about Darren Lee having good games. That's all based on Mo- Muhammad, you know, getting the respect of the opposing team's offensive line, allowing his linebackers to go free and being able to split double teams. And you don't get, you don't get balls like that if you're not hustling. 
What do we have to know about Atlanta here? They're going to come pissed off. They're still trying to find ways to get Julio Jones. It's going to be tough. You know, you're going to have to make sure you stay clean because he's a powerful guy, but you have to try and get your hands on him. Um, they're going to have to make sure that, you know, that they can't get uh, Julio Jones on track, and they're going to have to stop this run game. A heck of a thing. show tonight. Thanks to Darren Lee and Jordan Jenkins, and your new Brielle Mcknight, and, of course, Bart Scott as well. We'll see you next week on Inside I'd the like Jets. I'd like to say something. We'll